Yeah. I wanna go on a mediocre adventure to the sea. Bum bunch. Yeah. What up, y'all? We back once again for another episode of Eric's mediocre adventures. They're so mediocre. What's up? <laughs> um. I'll be completely honest at the beginning of this. Uh, I have once again not watched any of the films I was supposed to watch. This time it wasn't because it's so much that I was busy. It was more that I just wasn't feeling like it. Um, I don't know why. I think because I've made it a task, the uh, the or, like the interest in watching it is gone. Because now that I have to watch it, I don't want to watch it. Which is silly, but it seems to be what's happening. <laughs> anyway, uh, so what I thought I would do, uh, kind of off the sp off the cuff, something I decided today. Uh, I watched the new film on Netflix, uh, Enola Holmes, which is the story. It's from a novel. Uh, I'm gonna pull it up here. So I know exactly what I'm talking about. But to my understanding, it's based on a novel series uh, about Nola Holmes, who is the fictional teenage... I mean, it's all fictional, but like a, a later creation of... Um, shoot. <laughs> I lost my train of thought there. I'm going to keep this in. <laughs> Remove this one. I'm going to keep this in, you know, for the laws. Uh, anyway, it's another creation of the already, like, fictional Sherlock Holmes. Uh, they added a character. It's his and Mycroft's uh, teenage sister, Enola. And as I understand it, there are six books so far. So yes, six. Is that right? That's right. There's six books so far. Um... And it would appear that the film is based on the first book, uh, the missing, the case of the missing Marquis, Marquis, Mar Marquis, the, the missing Marqueski. Um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I was really interested in watching this movie uh, as soon as I heard about it, even though like the premise to me was like. Okay, this seems weird, but all right. Um, the cast was just too, too interesting. Like you got Millie Bobby Brown, uh, of Stranger Things fame, as Enola Holmes. Uh, Helen Bonham Carter's there as, as the uh, Holmes matriarch. Uh, you got Henry Cavill playing uh, Sherlock Holmes, and you have uh, Sam Claflin, who I am a fan of, playing um, Mycroft Holmes. So yeah, the the movie just came out, what, four days ago? It came out on, on last Friday, so today's the 27th, it came out on the 23rd, which was a Wednesday, actually, so not a Friday, but still, it's been four days. Um, and it was really enjoyable, I liked it a lot. Uh, I'll get into it more later, but I thought I would uh, kind of discuss the Sherlock Holmes adaptations um, that I've seen and that I've enjoyed uh, because I am a fairly big fan 
of Sherlock Holmes. Uh, so to start with, I would suppose I'd say uh, I have read a fair number of the Sherlock Holmes um, stories. I have, so I've read all of the casebook part one, which I'm trying to remember what it has included in it. There we go. The casebook of Sherlock Holmes volume one. That's not it. Uh, that's not the right thing. Anyway, there's two volumes. There might be more, but as I understand it, there's two volumes. Um, and I have both of them. And I've only read the first one. I've not read the second one. Uh, but anyways, yeah, so I've read a lot of the earlier stuff. Like, uh, I've read Studying Scarlet. I've read Hounds of Baskerville. I've read uh, the Reinbock Fall. Um, read some of the other ones. Yeah. But yeah, I, I enjoy the the books, but the thing that really the things that really got me into Sherlock Holmes is more the uh the media, the uh visual media that has spurned from it. Okay, yeah, there I found it. Sherlock Holmes the Compete no Novels and Stories Volume One. Uh I can't it's not letting me see what it's made up of, but that's the one that I have. Oh yeah, here we go. Uh Study in Scarlet, Sign of Four, Adventure of the Speckled Band. Musgrave Ritual, The Five Orange Pips, and apparently some other stuff. So I've read all of those. And then I've also read parts of part two, I think. Yeah. Yeah, because How to Basket Rails in, in that one, so that's the only place I would have seen it. So I would have read it there. But yeah, the uh, as I was saying before, I got disrupted by my own thoughts. Um... It was really the uh, the adaptations of Sherlock Holmes that that like got my attention and got my interest. Uh, the first in my memory being the animated TV show uh, from when was that from? Uh, from the late '90s into 2000s. It was uh, Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd century. It was, it was fun. It was a weird show, it, but it was fun. I remember liking it quite a bit. Uh, I remember there was like robots and androids and stuff in it. It was wild, just wild. Uh, but that's what, that was my first, like, experience with Sherlock Holmes. And then the next one that followed that was, uh, it was a young Sherlock Holmes VHS that we had because we had young Sherlock Holmes and then we had young uh, Indiana Jones and I watched all of those that we had I can't remember if it was a TV movie or an actual movie movie uh, I've been trying to find it online but it's been so long since I've actually seen it that I don't really remember what it was about so I can't like connect it <laughs> uh, but that's yeah I saw that one next and then uh, then the there wasn't really much of anything until the big big one uh, that kind of started it all again uh, in 2007 was it 2007 okay no 2009 so these both came out in 2009 uh, so the Jude Law 
and uh, Robert Downey Jr. film uh, from 2009, directed by Guy Ritchie, is, is, was one of the big things that started it all again. But also in 2009, uh, we got the BBC show Sherlock, which is like a phenomenon at this point. Um, and then the Sherlock Holmes, uh, the Sherlock Holmes film uh, spawned a sequel. There's been five seasons, four seasons of uh, Sherlock. And then in 2012, there was an American uh, spinoff. They call it a spinoff or, or a reboot of Sherlock, but it's not really. Uh, it's just how they kind of called it. But uh, anyways, there was an American version on CBS started in 2012 called Elementary, which I've talked about on this podcast before that I really liked. Um, and there's been video games uh, since then. What else? And then, yeah, I guess the other big thing to come after that was uh, was was this, uh, Enola Holmes. Oh, yeah, and there was also, there was a... I wanted to talk more about just the things I've seen rather than getting into the things I haven't, but there was a a film, I would say within the last five years, that came out where Ian McKellen played Sherlock Holmes. Uh, yes, it was called Mr. Holmes. And it's he's just, it's a much older Sherlock Holmes who's having uh, his mind is starting to deteriorate, and it's just, as I understand it, it's him uh, kind of dealing with that, but I'm not quite sure. As, as I've said, I've not seen it. Uh, it's, it's As far as I remember, it seemed to have been pretty positively received uh, for the most part. And then we have the incredibly negatively received uh, Holmes and Watson from 2018, which was uh, Will Ferrell and, and John C. Riley, who are usually quite funny, but apparently this movie was uh, atrocious. <laughs> I remember it was a zero... The last time I had checked, it was a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. I doubt it still is. I'm sure it got some positive stuff. But yeah, that movie won, like, all the Razzies. Uh, it made no money. <laughs> it just... It didn't It didn't do well. Oh, how did I... I completely forgot about The Great Mouse Detective. That's, that's a big one. <laughs> the Great Mouse Detective is... Uh, Sherlock Holmes adaptation, like inspired kind of thing, um, where Basil, he's a mouse, he's a detective, and he's essentially Sherlock Holmes, and then Radigan is uh, Moriarty, and yeah, it's a Sherlock uh, adaptation, like all but name, pretty much. But yeah, so I'll start with the one that I suppose I saw first to discuss, which would be the 2009 Sherlock Holmes. Uh, film because I already talked about I don't remember enough about the cartoon or the young Sherlock Holmes to really get into them uh, so I'm skipping right to the stuff that I do remember and yeah so the 2009 Sherlock Holmes film uh, if I remember correctly is based it's an original story it's not based on one of the um, one of uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's stories and this one is it's it's kind of like a I mean it's if you've seen any Guy Ritchie movie it's that but with Sherlock Holmes to where he's he's more quirky and in and, and kind of weird in a fun way uh, and it's like Robert Downey Jr. doing his best kind of like crazy um, 
it's very comedic at times there's a lot of they introduced a cool action idea uh, where he sees how everything is going to go and he plans it out and like slow motion explaining like the effects of everything he's going to do and then he does it and that's all really cool um But yes, I'm just trying to see if it says anywhere whether this is based on one of the stories or if it's original. I am pretty sure it is original. Um, anyway. Yeah, okay. So I'm pretty sure this one... Uh, it was written by, yeah, so it's just based on the characters, it's not based on any particular story. Okay, good to know. But yeah, so in this film, uh, we've got quite the cast. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is Sherlock Holmes. In this, at this point in time, he has not met or been, like, in contact with Moriarty, so, like, seems like everything else in their kind of story happened except for the Moriarty stuff um, and I like I like that they used uh, Robert Downey Jr. because in the books a lot of the time they mention that Sherlock Holmes uh, is quite adapt at, at like self-defense and mostly I think they talk about single stick but um, it's something that comes up and it's just, I don't remember it. Oh, excuse me. I always yawn during these. <laughs> I don't remember it coming up too much during um, the the other adaptations, like, to this point. Uh, other than Elementary, there's not really many where he it's like, uh, physically capable and well-versed at defending himself and, and getting out of uh, sticky combat situations. Like, he, he does it in Sherlock... Uh, but it's more like happenstance and luck rather than uh, skill I think at least though I suppose he does show his moments of skill like when he um, is fighting the people for the woman and stuff but yeah no Robert Downey Jr uh, other than like the quirkiness of it which is just it's not like quite the Sherlock Holmes you're familiar with I guess I think he does a very very good job uh He's very entertaining, and like you could see why this was a part of the uh, the boom and stuff. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Jude Law, uh, the incredible Jude Law, big fan of him, uh, plays Dr. John Watson, and in this one, he's it's pretty much the the classic uh, kind of John Watson, except rather than more of being like a uh, like a, a witness or just like a, a stand like a person who's standing by he's more of the uh, an actual like capable partner or like aid to Sherlock which is something that gets carried over more uh, into the later adaptations where um, where Watson is more almost a detective or at least a, a, a full partner like in, in, in his own right. But yeah, and then, uh, at this point, it's, it, again, it's kind of like 
the, the same thing that always happens, as I understand it. Uh, Watson's met a new lady, and he's getting married, and he's leaving. Uh, he's leaving Sherlock, and Sherlock's not handling it well. That's something that happens. Uh, happens quite often. Yeah, and then we have the the main villain of the of this one is a uh, Lord Henry Blackwood, who is like painted to, supposed to be this like cultist magician, and it's in a really cool and interesting way and he's played by Mark Strong who once again I'm a, a huge fan of um, I'm more familiar with him from movies like uh, Stardust and the, the Kingsman films and I usually forget that he is in this <laughs> uh, but he is and he does a very good job and I love how uh, I love the mystery of the magic it stays it stays a mystery for pretty much the whole movie which is what you want and I think he's an original character uh, like completely as opposed to most other characters in this are not original they're like adaptions like uh, Irene Adler is played by Rachel McAdams um, of the recent adaptations I would say she's probably my least favorite of the Irene Adlers uh I really really like elementaries and I really like Sherlock's and this one was more like it was still fun but it, it just you know <laughs> but yeah I still I still really like her don't get me wrong uh I guess if it like ranking wise all of them are probably the least favorite of the recent ones. We... I didn't see quite enough of Henry Cavill as Sherlock to, to rank him high, but I'm very interested in seeing more. Um, Robbie Downey Jr. is great, but I like... My favorite is still uh, John Anthony Miller uh, from Elementary, and then probably Benedict Cumberbatch falls under him, and then Robert Downey Jr., and then underneath that would be uh, Henry Cavill, at least for now. And then Watson. Uh, Jude Law is actually probably my favorite Watson. So he, he's got that. <laughs> anyway, we also have uh, Kelly Riley, an actress I don't really know. I'm not very familiar with her, but she's uh, Mary Morstan, who we see in Sherlock. Sherlock. The show, I believe, is who the character is in that, right? Now I have to check. Yes, yeah, okay. <laughs> it's been a while since I watched Sherlock, so I was trying to remember. And then we had Eddie Marson as uh, Inspector Lestrade, uh, who is also in every other uh, recent adaptation, at least, uh, if my memory serves, because he is in, he's in Enola, I know that, he is in Sherlock, because he's the main detective, and then he's also in Elementary, on a lesser part, so he's not the main detective that Sherlock has with him at the time, it's, uh, but yeah, beyond that, uh, other than Mrs. Hudson, I think, everyone is... Everyone else is new, uh, like their original characters for this, which is fun. Uh, 
we get a hint at Moriarty at the end of it because he's apparently the one behind a lot of this plot and uh, Andrew Jack who I only know from Star Wars uh, was Moriarty in this one but he does not get to be Moriarty in the others he uh, is replaced by Jared Harris who's one of those actors that I know like from appearance but I don't I know him from anything else. Like, I'll see him and go, oh, yeah, it's that guy. But that's, you know, pretty much it. <laughs> but, yeah, I think this movie is responsible for uh, a lot of kind of this type of movie that followed. Like, this movie brought on... <sighs> this movie's probably to blame for, for the new Robin Hood movie. Uh, obviously, King Arthur is, is very much influenced, I think, by this style, but that might just be a... A Guy Ritchie thing. Um, but yeah. The, like, very similar movies followed this. I'm having like trouble remembering any other ones at the moment, but there were more. But yeah, I think this, this, this plot is, is a really good one, and it's one that you can still watch and enjoy even after you know like everything. Because even sometimes I find myself just forgetting things, and then I when I watch it again, I'm like, oh yeah, that's great. <laughs> um, so that happens a lot, and I very much enjoy it. Uh, so then I'll hop over to its sequel, which is uh, which was from 2011. It's called Sherlock Holmes: A Game of Shadows. Uh, I liked this one less, if I'm being completely honest. Um, so they introduce Mycroft in this one, and uh, then they full, fully introduce uh, Moriarty, as, as I mentioned. Um, Mycroft is played by Stephen Fry, and uh, he's probably my least favorite of all of the Mycrofts we get t to this point. Uh, like, from the from these films on, it's, which is pretty much what I'm just focusing on, uh, he's, he's definitely my least favorite. He's Because he's kind of like a bumbling buffoon, even though he shows brilliance and all that but yeah um, it's not really a spoiler but uh, very very early on uh, Irene is is killed by Moriarty and then it becomes like kind of like a revenge quest because like uh, what's his face <laughs> Sherlock was um initially interested in uh, Moriarty just like out of curiosity and then it became a revenge thing of course um, and it's kind of like uh, they're this one's essentially the final problem um, because it's got like the Reichenbach fall and, uh, and all of that fun um, they just do it differently as, as they would uh in this in this point um but yeah it's if you're familiar with the uh with the final problem i don't think this movie has as many like twists and turns for you as it would like it ends how you would expect uh the thing that always happens at the end of these happens like and, and it's it's 
as I said, it wasn't it wasn't my favorite. Uh, I still enjoyed it when I watched it, but it didn't have quite the same magic as the first one to me. There is a third one that's supposed to be coming though. Uh, it's going to be directed by Dexter Fletcher, which is an interesting choice. Um, I know he's worked a lot with Guy Ritchie, and then he's also um, he's done he's directed movies that I enjoy like I, Eddie the Eagle I loved uh, Bohemian Rhapsody I don't we don't know how much he did of that but he pursued it seems like he did a lot and and I did enjoy that movie and then Rocket Man is a movie I love so you know I got faith we got faith in that, that it's gonna do it I'm interested to see what they're gonna do uh, for the third film though what what there is that remains to be done and if they're gonna fall into the uh the Sherlock uh, trap, which I will get to. Actually, I'll talk. I'll talk about it now since we've talked about these movies. The next thing to talk about would be the television show Sherlock. I don't know why I did the Pirates of the Caribbean uh, <laughs> music, but we did. There's no going back now. Anyway, so yeah, in 2009, they started making it. So it came out in 2010, as I understand. So it was followed the first film. Like, as I said, the first film kind of got Sherlock Holmes off and popping again, as he does. And uh, it's essentially, if you've not seen it, which I'm sure everyone at this point has seen at least some of it, is it's a modern-day uh, retelling of Sherlock Holmes. He's a consulting detective for the uh, London police, whatever the version of Scotland Yard is. I think it's uh, the Metropolitan Police Service, apparently. Um, but yeah, and he's, he's there, he's doing that, and he's, again, he's got that kind of quirky thing... Um, it's not a good comparison to make because I'm sure it makes people mad, but he's he's kind of like a Sheldon uh, Cooper, uh, where he's incredibly smart and and gifted, but he's not like very, he's not a very good social being. Uh, he doesn't really know how to how to talk to people. Um, he calls himself a high functioning sociopath, so I think that kind of kind of answers it all uh, there. But yeah. Um, so what they did, instead of really making up stories, which I think they might have done later, early on they just straight up did uh, stories, like actual... Uh... No, actually, I'm, I think I'm completely wrong. I think only the first episode is based on, a, on one of the books. Yeah, okay, no, I'll correct myself there. Um, so yeah, the first episode is based on a study in Scarlet, which... Uh, it's uh, one of the one of the uh, more enjoyable stories I think uh, when I read it. Um, they call it a study in pink, and it's yeah, it's it's where they uh, Sherlock and Watson meet in this one, and then they uh, become roommates because uh, Sherlock for some reason wants a roommate. I don't really know why, uh, and John just needs a cheaper place for rent, so he gets a roommate. And they move into 221B Baker Street, which, you know, is what they do. 
and then the first season's only three episodes. The second episode's called The Blind Banker, and it's okay. Uh, I didn't really much care for it, but it was fine. Uh, and then the last episode of season one is The Great Game. Oh, excuse me. That's where they introduce um, the show's version of James Moriarty, played by Andrew Scott, and he's probably my favorite of the recent Moriarty's, um, followed by Elementary's, but Elementary's is a little more uh, dangerously spoilery to talk about, so I won't, even though the show is done. I won't do that in case anyone does want to go watch it and wants to be... Uh, pleasantly surprised or not so pleasantly surprised however you prefer it and it ended with a cliffhanger which made people furious because it took two years for the show to come back um, but yeah uh, this one this season I think all the episodes are based on on, on uh, Doyle stories um so the first episode is a scandal in Belgravia. It's based on a scandal in Bohemia. And it's the uh, introduction of Irene Adler, this version, this uh, world's version. And then the next episode is the Hounds of Baskerville, which is obviously based on the Hounds of Baskerville. Uh, and the final episode of season two, as again, there's only three, is the Reichenbach uh, Fall. And it's based on uh, the final problem obviously and again if you know anything about the final problem you know what happens here and you have a pretty good uh, idea of how it ends <laughs> and then uh we had to wait another two years for season three to come along and uh if i'm being perfectly honest uh season three is where the show lost me um I, I lost interest in the villain. Uh, I felt like it, it was just kind of more of the same rather than anything new. And this is where I stopped. What? <laughs> it's where I stopped watching, even though I watched the um, the special, the uh, abominable bribe special. But yeah, in this season, uh, we get a new villain in. Charles Augustus Magnuson, who I think is a created character. I don't think he's one from the stories. Yes. Um, and he's fine. He's really weird. Like, and he's just awkward and weird, and I don't really like it. And then they do some stuff with some of the other characters this season, which is not great. Um, But there are some familiar plot lines in this one, like uh, uh, more Moriarty mystery, uh, John getting married and, and leaving, all that, all that kind of jazz. And then, yeah, we got the special in uh, 2016, so another two years, uh, The Abominable Bride, which was a period piece uh, story, so it was like actually in Victorian England, but it was all the same cast and stuff and then it just turns out not to be that it's uh sherlock in his head trying to figure out 
a mystery and he just this is I guess how he imagined it but it's really good I did like it uh, I liked seeing them in the more period kind of world uh, as the more classic versions of the characters and it was very very enjoyable but uh, season 4 followed in 2017 and I have yet to watch any of it um, maybe I'll try to watch it but at this point, I still have not. And then there's kind of no news on whether there's going to be any more, uh, just because like both Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman are incredibly sought after and busy. So, yeah. Um, overall, like the the I would say the reason why this isn't my favorite of the adaptations is because it lost me in, in season three, and because uh. It's just so short, and it was so long between them all. Like, we have a total of 12 episodes over seven years. Like, th uh, 13 if you count the special, but still, that's crazy. Um, it's just too little, which is going to make me sound like a hypocrite for when I talk about elementary and what I didn't like about that, because I say the exact opposite, or the reverse, I suppose. But, yeah, I don't know. It just... uh. I just prefer elementary, which is why I'm going to talk about that now. So elementary, uh, as I mentioned, came out in America. CBS, well, it came out everywhere, but it was an American version um, of a modern-day Sherlock Holmes. Uh, in this one, they have made... Oh, excuse me. <sighs> In this one, they've made uh, John Watson a woman, uh, Dr. Joan Watson, and it's played by Lucy Liu, and uh, Johnny Lee Miller, uh, well-known from Train Spotting, Hackers, and uh, Dexter, season five, uh, plays Sherlock Holmes, uh, and it's set in New York. And so in this one, they uh, Sherlock's quirky again, because that's now his new thing, but in this one, he's... Um, they play more with his uh, like his drug addiction and his drug usage because in the stories, uh, like he smoked opium and um, was there something else beyond opium or was it just opium? Uh, drug use, morphine, sometimes cocaine. Okay, so maybe not opium, but. Uh, he did drugs, and just back then it was more common, you know, for you to be doing drugs. Uh, just, like, Watson didn't really like it and, and tried to get him off it. But it, it, became, a th it became a thing in continuing on things. Uh, there was always that disapproval, but this is the first time, I think, where they really went deep into it. Like, where he'd, like, attend rehab... Uh, he had like a sponsor he would go to uh to meetings and stuff uh all that like they kind of touch on his drug use in in sherlock uh but it's more of like a minor kind of background story than a than a focal point and in elementary it is a it is a focal point which i found particularly interesting but yeah so the premise for this one um sherlock holmes uh kind of hit a dark spot in London after like some personal tragedies uh, and he got 
really, really deep into the drugs. Um, and he moved to New York because he had done some bad stuff in London and he needed to escape it. Uh, eventually he was convinced to attend rehab, which he did. And then he's, uh, upon his release from rehab, his father forces him to get a sober companion uh, to live with him, who in this case is uh, Dr. Joan Watson, who was a surgeon until uh, she lost a patient on the table. I think like something went wrong during surgery and he passed away, and then she just couldn't be a doctor anymore and became a sober companion. Uh yeah, and then that's that's how they form the partnership in this one and, and the, the living together. Um, she's supposed to only be there for a, a certain period of time to help him get used to life after rehab and, and uh, you know, um, get him sorted with all his, his rehabilitation stuff, like find him a sponsor and all that. And uh, then she just starts tagging along on cases because... Um, well, at first, it's because she wasn't supposed to be away from him for, for, like, too long in case he tried to do drugs. And then later on, it just became uh, she was interested or she was helpful. And then uh, from there, she just kept coming. Uh, because one change they make in this one is that she becomes a, a detective in her own right. Uh, she apprentices under Sherlock and then eventually becomes his, like, his actual partner in detective-ing. But yeah, uh, we get a bunch of characters in this one that you see in all the other ones, and then some you've never seen in any other ones. Um, like, uh, we get Sherlock's father, uh, who I think is an original character. I don't think they ever really talk about him in the books. Like, I know Sherlock's father is also in um, Sherlock. Uh but it's 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 a very different father, <laughs> incredibly different father, uh, and he's played by uh, John Noble, I believe is his name. Yes, John Noble, um, who many know from Fringe or Lord of the Rings, where he plays Denethor, steward of Gondor. Uh, Mycroft is played by Rice Reese Ethens. I don't know how to say his name, but everyone knows who he is. Um, he was, for well, at least what I know him for the most is uh, he was in The Replacements, where he played the kicker. Uh, he was in The Amazing Spider-Man as Dr. Curtis Connors. Um, he's Luna's dad in Harry Potter. And he's in a bunch of other stuff. I just don't, none of it's really coming to mind. Presently, but yeah, he plays Mycroft, and uh, he 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 pops up every now and again. Anyways, <laughs> uh, we also have Natalie Dormer plays uh plays Irene Adler in this version. Um, who is, for the most part, dead. Um, you learn pretty early on. Uh, and then the main police, like, people in this one is uh, Captain Thomas Gregson, uh, who is 
actually a character from the books, uh, except he's Tobias Gregson in the books. And uh, Marcus Bell, who is a creative character, and he's a detective that, that works with them a lot. And this show lasted uh, seven seasons in a total of 154 episodes, so more what you want <laughs> for a show that, that goes on for seven years versus 13 episodes, but, you know, anyway. Uh, this show got uh, Johnny Lee Miller the, like, he's now played... Sherlock Holmes more than anyone else has played Sherlock Holmes to this point uh, in anything, just time-wise, I think, and and uh, singular episode-wise, of course, obviously. But yeah, uh, I really like this show. Um, the first two seasons I loved, and I I regularly rewatched them. Uh, if I'm being completely honest, though, the show lost me around season four or five and it wasn't anything to do with the quality it's just I find when you have shows like this especially as I've been getting older um, shows that, that, that have the 24 episode seasons or the 22 episode seasons um, I find it's easier for me to fall off like if I get a few episodes behind unless they're like unless I'm really hooked by the story, then I, I, like, I'm likely to, to just eventually stop watching it because I just felt too far behind, and it's kind of the same thing that happened here. Um, it's just before, like, I had a PVR and stuff, so, like, if I missed episodes, there wasn't really any way to find them again unless I went online and managed to find them there. But by the end of season four, I think, is where I kind of started falling off because um, I would have been in the midst of, of university at that time, at which point I wasn't really watching a lot of TV anyways. Um, yeah, I, so I, I've i yet to watch any, I think, of seasons six and seven. I don't, I don't know how the show ends. I don't really know anything about that. Um, Oh, I get. I, I be honest. I don't even think I finished season five, but I started rewatching it again recently, and I was on season four before I had to start studying for school stuff again. At which point, I stopped watching once more. But I do hope to go back. Uh, but yeah, I think at the very least, uh, out of all of them. Uh, that I've talked about to this point, I would recommend the Sherlock Holmes movie, the first one, uh, the first season of Sherlock, and then the first two seasons of this, and then you can decide for yourself from there uh, if you want to keep watching any of them. But I think the first two seasons of, the, of this, of Elementary, are the are my favorite, personally, of any kind of Sherlock Holmes adaptation we've gotten to this point. Um... Yeah, and, and just to kind of go back to the episode thing, like, I, I, this happens to me with a lot of shows. Like, this is what happened to me with uh, Supernatural. Is it just, I, f I would fall behind, and then I just fell too far behind, and then I stopped. Or this is what happened with The Flash. Um, 
even though part of the flash was that I think the quality started to dip. Uh, but for the most, so sometimes for the shows, my point is sometimes for the shows where they where they have more than twenty episodes a season. Um, sometimes it's just falling behind rather than the show losing quality that makes me stop watching it. Uh, sometimes it's both, and then sometimes it's show losing quality. But the the twenty twenty seven episodes always I think hurt it. I think I feel like um, the perfect like middle ground is like a thirteen episode season. Like those usually seem to to knock it out of the park because there's very little filler often in those. Like sometimes you might get an episode or two of filler, but for the most part, it's it's all story, which is you know what you want. Uh, anyways, then I guess we are now at Anola Holmes. So as I mentioned, uh, we talked about the cast a bit of this one. Um, I was expecting like a like a kids movie, like a, like just like a really like general kind of kids movie before I watched this, and I was like, oh, but I'm still gonna watch it because I'm curious. Uh, but it's it's not really a kids movie. Like it's I think it's for younger people. Like it's more directed at younger people, or like if that makes sense, like like young adults or teens. But it's not really childish in in any regard beyond that. Like there's there's some violence. There's some. Uh, threat of death like there's mystery there's some jump scares like sort of jump scares not really jump scares that's probably pushing it a little bit but you know what I mean like it's that it's that kind of stuff um yeah I guess the 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 premise if if you don't know is um Enola Holmes is the youngest of the Holmes family uh I understand that there's like a 10 or 20 year gap between her and her brothers um, shortly after she was born her father died and then uh, she was raised by her mother who was uh, very free thinking and very forward thinking in how she raised uh, Enola um, and they spent pretty much all their time together for 16 years until on the day of his 16th birthday uh, she wakes up to find that her mother has disappeared, and her brothers have come back uh, to like care for her and try to find her mother, like their mother. And uh, she's made Mycroft's ward, and Mycroft wants her to, to be like a, a a classy lady, and she doesn't want to be a classy lady, and she wants to find her mom. And then as she goes to try to find her mom, another mystery reveals itself, and she goes to try to solve that, and it's. In that regard, it's kind of a classic uh, Sherlock Holmesian-esque story with the mysteries and mysteries and twists and all that fun stuff. But yeah, it's it's an enjoyable movie. It's just I think it's just over two hours, if I remember correctly, and it was I didn't really ever get bored. Um, it does this thing, it's like a fourth wall breaking thing, where she like talks to the audience, and I don't particularly love that. I feel like the movie would have been better without it but uh, I don't think it was like bad it just wasn't my favorite thing yeah anyways uh, as I mentioned earlier I think there's a lot of interest here in seeing more of it um, 
I think there's interest in seeing more from from Millie Bobby Brown as this character and more of this world. But also, I think there there'd be a lot of interest in seeing more of Henry Cavill as as uh, Sherlock Holmes with uh, like getting to see more Adventures of the Brothers, particularly Sherlock. But like even the Mike, even the Mycroft, uh, Sam Claflin is is quite enjoyable of a character, and uh, you know it makes you want to see more. I don't know anything about the other books. I don't know if uh, the brothers factor in more or whatever, but uh, I know there's sequels planned uh, for this. And, and and I would watch I would watch some sequels. Yeah. Anyways, I know uh <laughs> this probably wasn't the most interesting of episodes, but it was something I wanted to uh talk about. Oh, this the man who wrote this is responsible for the atrocity that is the cursed child. And he also wrote his dark materials. Oh I can't I guess I can't be too mad at him. <laughs> He made one stinker, but he made some some good other stuff. So I'll I'll never forgive him for Cursed Child, but I I, I can ignore Cursed Child enough to uh, to enjoy this and to enjoy his dark materials. So Jack Thorne, you're I forgive you, sort of. No, I don't. I don't forgive you, but I I forget you. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Anyways, yeah, I think. Um, if they do well, like if they decide to do it, I'm sure they could probably get all six of them out of it. But then I guess that really depends on on Millie Bobby Brown and how long like they can, uh, how quickly they can do these, even or if they're gonna want to do them all. But yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I think to see where they go from here with this and um and how the new uh Sherlock Holmes movie and stuff all that will play into it um cuz all of the Sherlock Holmes based things up to this point other than this had been had been done. Yeah, uh, as I was saying before I got I once again interrupted by my own thoughts um I know this wasn't the most interesting of episodes but uh after watching that movie today, I just had the urge to uh, kind of talk about Sherlock Holmes and, and look at look at the stuff uh, that I had seen in the past, and then just kind of compare it in my mind to the film I watched today. Um, and while like while the the mystery today in this movie not today in this movie uh, was not particularly like difficult or, or or mind bending or confusing, it was still good. Uh, and yeah, I think if if you are a fan of general mystery or, or Sherlock Holmesian stuff, go watch that. Uh, go watch any of the things we talked about here, other than young Sherlock Holmes. I can't speak to that, and uh, the the cartoon where he goes to the future. I don't remember it enough to speak to it. So if you watch those, you're on your own, and that's your fault. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm back to work this week. Uh, after having to take two weeks off to do some course stuff. Uh, but hopefully when I'm back to work and I'm back on a routine, I can try to get myself to to watch more of the things I enjoy, and then I can actually plan out things to do rather than doing another off-the-cuff thing. I will try very hard <laughs> to watch Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban or Avengers Age of Ultron so I can do a, do a proper 
episode. Proper episode. And then we'll be back to it. But anyways, if you did listen to this, thank you very much. This has been another mediocre adventure that we have embarked on together. And I am so proud of us. Brava. Adieu.